Oh, what's up, everybody? We are back after an incredible, absolutely incredible sports weekend. Today is Selection Sunday, so our NCAA March Madness bracket has come out. Tom Brady has announced that he is unretiring, so we're going to get into that in the bracket today. Today's episode probably going to be a little bit longer than 10 minutes, so stick along for the whole ride. But before we get into it, double B, Bruce Buffer. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Now, before we get into the bracket being released today, I want to first talk about the big news that is Tom Brady officially unretiring, which isn't super-duper surprising, but, you know, whatever. He's coming back. He apparently has unfinished business despite having, you know, the most Super Bowls ever and several Pro Bowls and several All-Pros, but there is still unfinished business, apparently. And it's so interesting to me how he retired just kind of out of the blue, having no reason to retire, you know, still playing at a high level, you know, led the league in passing yards this last year. And then all of a sudden, he's coming back like, you know what, yeah, I changed my mind. I'm going to play. It's so interesting. And just the way that we know for a fact that Tom Brady has always wanted to play in San Francisco, the California kid wants to go back home San Francisco, I'm sure they wouldn't mind having a guy like Tom Brady. And we know that Tom Brady has requested a trade in the past to go play for the 49ers. So what I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume is Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, said, hey, trade me to San Francisco. And Tampa Bay said, no, you're the GOAT. Why would we trade the greatest quarterback of all time who just led the league in passing yards? Totally fair on Tampa Bay's part. And Tom Brady responded and said, you know what? Fine then, I retire. I am not coming back since you don't want to trade me. Also, totally fair, right? You know, you're Tom Brady. You got seven Super Bowls. You want to kick? You want to? You know, hang up the cleats and be done because you're not getting to play where you want to play. I don't have a problem with that. So he retires, and all of a sudden, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, "You know what? We can either let him retire and get absolutely nothing, or, or." We can tell him, you know what, we'll trade you, unretire, come back, we'll trade you to the 49ers, and then we'll see, you know, what happens from there. That way, you know, we can at least get some draft picks, you know, a couple players, just something in return for us not having you this next season, which makes a lot of sense if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I would not be surprised if within the next couple weeks, Adam Schefter comes out with a tweet and says, breaking news, Tom Brady has been traded to the San Francisco 49ers. You know, that's just, you know, it's a conspiracy theory. It may happen. It might not. If it it does happen, I'm going to sound like a genius. So hopefully it does. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the best postseason tournament or style or whatever in all of sports, March Madness. And so I'm just going to answer some of the basic questions that people ask every single year around this time, okay? Who's the most vulnerable one seed? Okay, who are the best mid-majors? Like, what are the teams that could shock us and go on a run? Um, What else? Who's the favorite to win it? Who can win it? So on and so forth. So let's start with my probably favorite question. Who is the most vulnerable one seed? Who is the one seed that probably shouldn't be a one seed or they're at least, you know, kind of on the bubble of it? I'll be honest. I don't really like Kansas 
You know, they've been mad against ranked opponents this year. You know, two of their, I believe they are six or five and four against ranked opponents, but two of those ranked wins came against Iowa State, who were, you know, an 11 seed. So do those really count? I don't really know. Doesn't matter. And yeah, so I'm not super big on Kansas, but I don't think they're the most vulnerable one seed. I would say that it is Baylor simply because LJ Cryer is still hurt. He was in a boot on Thursday when they played against and eventually lost to Oklahoma. And look, he's one of their better guards. And obviously, you know, March is all about having great guard play. Anytime, you know, your arguably best guard is out, I'm going to have to put you at the top of this list. That, plus it being the toughest path to the Final Four of all of the one seeds, right? So if Baylor beats Norfolk State, which they will, they then have to play the winner of North Carolina and Marquette. If it's North Carolina, they're really talented. The question is, which North Carolina are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that showed up against Duke in the final regular regular season game of the year? Or are we going to get, you know, the much, much lesser version of North Carolina? That is the question. Marquette, you know, solid team out of the Big East, coached by Kirby Smart, who knows a thing or two about making runs in March. And then you got St. Mary's, who is, man, the five seed. But here's here's the kicker. So let's say Baylor beats Norfolk State and they beat North Carolina or Marquette. They didn't. Ha- they then have to play UCLA, who is, you know, I said said it on Friday. I believe that this team's going to make a run to the Final Four. That's a super tough matchup. And then if they can somehow get past UCLA, they then have to play Purdue or Kentucky, a team in Kentucky who easily could have been on the one line over Baylor or Kansas, a team in Purdue who is arguably the best team in the country. They've played like it, you know, at times this year. Obviously, they're a three seed right now. But they've got the best guard in the country in Jaden Ivey. They have a lot of size between Williams and ED, and that's a really good Purdue team. So, like, this whole bracket is tough. Virginia Tech's the 11 on this side. They're really good. Obviously, Texas is coached by Chris Beard. They're on this side of the bracket as well. And, like, this whole eastern, you know, corner of the bracket is just tough. And so that is why I have Baylor as the most vulnerable one seed. Moving on to the best mid-majors, there are several good ones this year. Vermont ran through their conference tournament. They won every game they played by 30 or more, which is insane. They can shoot it. They got a lot of senior guards. They run kind of this five-out offense. They love to spread teams out and shoot it. Um, In addition to them, you have San Francisco, who is an at-large out of the Western Western Coast Conference, the, the same conference as Gonzaga, they're a 10 seed. They can really play. And then we look at Murray State. Murray State can really play. Uh, University of Chattanooga, they were in a position to get an at-large bid earlier in the season and then kind of fell off towards the end, ended up winning their conference tournament. They made it in as a 13. They play Illinois. That's going to be a tough matchup for Illinois. And But in my opinion, the most dangerous mid-major we will see is the 10th-seeded Davidson, the winners. Actually, I guess they weren't the winners. The runner-ups of the A-10 conference tournament. They lost to Richmond by two, 64-62 the other day. And, man, they are really good, very talented. Michigan State definitely going to have their hands full in this first-round matchup. Because Davidson has two guys, right? Usually when we look at mid-majors that have, have the potential to make runs, they have one guy who's like, this guy could play in the NBA, legit prospect, and, you know, he can kind of put them on their backs and kind of and take them and win a game or two, right? Davidson has two. Okay, they have a senior in Luca. I'm going to butcher his last name, Luca 
Brajkovic, who won the A-10 Player of the Year, six foot ten. He shot fifty-eight percent from the floor on the season, which is insane considering he considering he's averaging just under fifteen points a game, and he shot forty-two percent from three. So stretch big, who can light it up and shoot it. Also has some touch around the rim, you know, senior as well. So he's got experience. Kid can absolutely play. And the crazy thing is, he's not even the best player on their team. Okay, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's first name. Hyung Jung Lee, kid from Korea, can also fill it up. Okay, he's a junior. He's an NBA prospect. Okay, there have been scouts at Davidson Games this year to watch him play. He's averaging 16 points and six rebounds a game. He's a six foot seven wing who's shooting 38% from three. Okay, like this Davidson team can absolutely light it up from beyond the three-point line, okay? Like, it's crazy. Outside of those two guys, the Davidson roster as a whole is shooting 38% from three on the year. They have some size. They've got another guy on their team who's 6'10", so they should be able to get in there and match up size-wise with these, you know, Power 5 Division One teams. So they've really, they check a lot of boxes. You know, Davidson has a really good coach as well. This team is more than capable of making a deep run. That being said... They are playing Michigan State in the first round, and we know what Tom Izzo does in March. So that'll be, that's like, you know, one of the games that I have circled. I'm so excited to watch that game. Moving on to my favorite to win it. And let's be honest, like, it is really hard to pick a winner this year because there's like, you know, 16 teams who are more than capable of winning the tournament. And knowing my luck, I'm going to like list all 16, and then none of those 16 will win it because that's just how March goes, right? And so, yeah, so before I get into who my pick is going to be to win it, I want to list all the teams that I think can win it. So first and foremost, every one and two seed, I believe, is good enough to win the tournament. Baylor is good enough to win it. Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga, you know, all the ones and two seeds, Duke, um, who, uh, Arizona, the the last number one seed. Yeah, those are, you know, all, all the one and twos, more, more than capable of winning the whole thing. Now, outside of the ones and twos, who is good enough to win the whole thing? I would say Arkansas, Purdue, UCLA, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Illinois, and Iowa. When we look at Arkansas, they have one of the best guards in the country in J.D. Note can score whenever he wants. They defend at a high level. The question is, will they have a second scorer step up? It has been Stanley Amude throughout the season. You know, Adi's Tony's had a couple of big games here and there. Chris Likes has had a couple of big games here and there. That's the question. Where is the scoring outside of J.D. Note going to come from? But they defend at a very high level. Eric Musselman is a fantastic coach. When he has time to prepare, I wouldn't bet against him. So Arkansas could definitely win the whole thing. Purdue, I already mentioned them earlier. They have the best guard in the country in Jaden Ivey. They have the size to match up with multiple positions. You know, they can run... Throw several different lineups out there. UCLA made the Final Four run last year, brought everybody back. They're more than capable of doing it. They've been playing really well here as of late as well, just because they've finally gotten healthy. Wisconsin, very similar to Arkansas, defends very well. Have has um, Davis. You know, I believe that's his last name. He, you know, going to be a lottery pick in this upcoming NBA draft. You know, team defends well. Wisconsin always seems to play well in the month of March. Two, Tennessee, they've gotten hot. They've really figured out their offense. And, yeah, I mean, we just saw them win the SEC tournament. You know, they are a three seed, but they could very easily be a two. I would probably have them as a two over Villanova, but 
at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to get upset. You know, we're splitting hairs when we're comparing those two teams. But, yeah, so Tennessee defend at a very high level. They figured out the offense here as of late. Rick Barnes, another fantastic coach. That, you know, he's awesome. Illinois, I think, could win it. Guards are veterans. Kofi Coburn's the best big man in the country. I know that they kind of, you know, didn't look great against Indiana, but I think they're just kind of bored. I feel like they were ready for March. And then Iowa, who looked awesome in the Big Ten tournament. This is the best defense I've seen them play all year. They can score with anybody. You know, the number of guys they have who can shoot it. I mean, this is an offensive juggernaut. The question for them all year has been, can this team play defense? Will this team play defense? And that's what they did in the Big Ten tournament. Like I said, it's the best I've seen them defend all year long. And, yeah, so those are the teams that I think can win it. And I'm so excited just because the field is so deep. Now, who who do I have winning it all? If I had to, you know, put money down on it today, I would take the Purdue Boilermakers to win the whole thing. Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Patrick Williams. That's a three-headed monster that I wouldn't want to see. When they commit to playing defense, they are extremely tough to beat. And I'm so ready to see them. I'm ready to see Jaden Ivey kind of on the big stage. He is... Absolutely incredible. You know, a top five pick in this upcoming NBA draft. You know, I just I just, I just want to see them defend, right? Like, that's the big question for them. How well are they going to play defense? Because we know that they can match up. The question is, how committed are they going to be on the defensive end? So, that is going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back for you tomorrow with another take. So, yeah, I will see you tomorrow.